Hello everyone and welcome to episode 38 of the Talking Fitball podcast with me, Derek Clark. I hope you're all keeping well and staying safe during these crazy times. Here at Talking Fitball Towers, we plan to keep bringing you great football content every week. And this week is no different. I had the pleasure of chatting to a Partick Thistle hero and current Livingston midfielder, Chris Erskine. Chris was absolutely fantastic as he talks about his career in the game, which is a little different to most. He worked in the shipyards before being picked up by the Jags at a relatively late age of 22. He talks us through his time in the game to date, including his troubled spell at Dundee United, as well as his new venture as a personal trainer. As always, it's full of honesty and laughs throughout, so sit back and enjoy this week's episodes of the Talking Football Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the the Talking Football podcast. I'm delighted to say we're joined this week on the line by former Partick Thistle star, currently starring for Livingston. It is the one and only Chris Erskine. Chris, thanks very much for joining us. No problem, thanks for having me on. Um, First of all, before we look at the the career, Chris, of course, uh, the footballs came to a shuddering halt with the the coronavirus and what have you. Are, Are you missing it so far? I am missing it already, to be fair. Um, It's only been a few days, but I think uh, like just kind of getting to see the boys on a daily basis. Obviously, we've been in full time and uh, you spend a lot of time with the uh, with the rest of the squad. So uh, that kind of side of things, and then obviously the kind of physical side of things, of kicking a ball and stuff. That's why we play football. We all love it. So yeah, missing it so far. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, we I'll be back soon. But I don't know when 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 it will return. Looking at the career, then Chris, your sort of career in football is a bit unorthodox. You started late, of course, but when you were yeah. a youngster, when when you were growing up, were you always sort of kicking a ball about? Yeah, just the same as everybody else. Kicked the ball for for a young age. Played with uh, just kind of boys' club teams and uh, East Kilbride where I stay, and then um, I, I was kind of in and about. Um, kind of pro youth teams but never really get signed up for a uh, proper team and then I uh, signed for the juniors when I was 18. Yeah absolutely did did you did you have any sort of role models any sort of heroes you looked up to when you when you were growing up? Uh, I grew up a Celtic supporter so it was guys like um, Henrik Larson and guys like that so um, top players I I always liked Dennis Bergkamp at Arsenal he was always a Oh, he was class. One player I thought was 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 class. Yeah, I remember um, Arsenal came up to play Celtic one pre-season, and um, I, I think I begged my mum and dad to get me a, a ticket for the game, <laughs> and uh, we went down there and Bearcamp didn't travel, so I never got <laughs> to see him. You think he would as well? Because I know he's scared of, uh, scared of flying, uh, but I mean it's, uh, it's on right. the same island. <laughs> that's right, exactly. But I never turned up, so. Dear me, um, so so you said you're you're playing with, with sort of boys clubs and that sort of thing. That's uh, that's what in East Kilbride, yeah. is that right? Uh huh, that's right. Yeah. So I played with um, up until I was eighteen. I played with a team uh, called Calderwood Blue Star. Ah, yeah. Uh, up in East Kilbride. So we had a really good team. The, the boys that all played there are all they're all my best mates. We, we all still kick about together and stuff now. So uh, we were we were a really good team. We, we won the Scottish Cup at uh, under seventeen level and. Uh, one of the kind of leagues and stuff we were playing for as well and then as I said after that I moved on to uh, Coburn the side in the, the Arsenal Juniors Yeah, the, how, how did you find the Juniors because it can be a bit uh, cut and thirst can it? it can be can be quite brutal at times I can I and it was it was mad at first obviously I was only I just turned 18 I think when me and one of my uh, 
my other pals, Jamie Longworth, that was at uh, Queen's Park and other teams as well. He was uh, he went with me at the same time and um, obviously going to play against kind of grown men when you're, when you're just kind of turning 18 was, uh, it was tough. But again, we, we had a good team at, at Coburnley as well and uh, we started in the lower divisions and moved up a couple of divisions a couple of years in a row. So I quite enjoyed the juniors as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you're combining that, of course. Uh, I was reading you, you were working as a, a pipe fitter at the mm-hmm. at the shipyards as well. So uh, was it tough combining the two or, or was, was it quite easy to do so? Um, it was relatively easy with the job I had, yeah. That I think just the, kind of the same as what the, the part-time boys do, um, playing uh, professionally now, just um, train twice a week. Uh, my job was kind of... Uh, we started at half seven in the morning and finished at four in the afternoon. So yeah. I think we trained a Tuesday and a Thursday or something. So it was just a case of uh, working and then going to get home, getting something to eat and going straight to training. So just similar to what the boys that um, play part-time uh, professionally would do. And then we had the weekends off with my job as well. So I was free to play on a, a Saturday and stuff as well. So it worked fine. Yeah, ideal. Obviously, you were signed up quite late at Thistle. Did you always think you could you could carve a career in the, the professional game or did it sort of come out the blue of the call? Um, I always thought myself that I could play professionally, but I think when I kind of got to that age, like maybe once I'd been in the juniors a couple of years, 20, 21, when I was at that kind of age, you're thinking that maybe the, the chance had gone kind of thing. So um, but there was a... a how it came about there was a, a scout called Gus Black um, who was scouting for Thistle and he used to do a wee bit of kind of scouting for the juniors as well for, for Coburnley and if he didn't think they were ready to go full time he would put them on to Coburnley and stuff so he, I think he was keeping an eye on me over the years and then eventually had said to Thistle about me and I got a couple of a couple of trials there and then the kind of the rest is history kind of thing Yes I mean did you have any sort of hesitation when they offered you that, that, that one, one year contract? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember if I, I can't remember if I signed uh, just to the, the Christmas or if I signed a one year deal. I can't remember. I think it was probably a one year deal, but um, I remember at the time I actually had to take less money to go and play for Thistle than I was getting in the shipyards. But yeah. uh, it was kind of it's just the same as everybody else. Almost everybody's dream to go and play professionally. And like I said, I almost thought my chance had uh, kind of gone, and I wouldn't get the chance to do it. So. Um, it was like almost like a dream come true, genuinely. Like having getting to leave my job and and go and play football for for a living was a, amazing. Oh, absolutely. The Ian McCall was there, of course, as the manager. How did how do you find him? Uh, I he was he was brilliant. Looking back now, he was he was absolutely brilliant at the at the time. He was a bit brutal. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I felt I felt that way at the time. He, he kind of had a bit of a crazy side about him, and he wouldn't he wouldn't kind of mince his words, kind of thing. So. Um, Obviously, he's got that kind of reputation anyway, but no, listen, he's, I, I can only be ever grateful for what he done for me and I still keep in contact with him now and uh, he's a brilliant manager and I'm, I'm sure what he's doing at, at Fissi will get them back to, to where they should be as well. Yeah, you said he's, he can be quite brutal at times. In terms of the players, when you walked into the dressing room, Chris, were they, were they, were they quite good with you? Of course, you're not a bright young teenager, you're um, a bit older, but how did you find the, yeah. the rest of your teammates walking in there? Um, no, they were all really good. When I went to Thistle, there was quite a, a an older squad. Um, we had Ian Maxwell, who's now obviously the, yeah. the SFA chief, chief exec. Um, we had Alan Archibald, who's now back. Obviously, was my manager at one point and is now back there as well. And, uh, John Robertson, um, Craig Hinchcliffe was a goalkeeper and stuff like that. So we had a lot of older guys in the team that were 
were really good at kind of bringing the, the younger guys through. So, the, no, they were all great with me as soon as I went in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brian Hodge was there as well. I mean, he's a boy that I know. He, that he was at the same school as me and I've, I've been out a few yeah. nights out with him. He's quite a character. Uh, did, did you sort of pal about with him? Ah, he's, uh, he's, he's a brilliant guy, Hodge. <laughs> I think, is he over in Dubai or something now, I think? Maybe? Yeah, I think so. He may be, yeah. Aye. He's, he's, a, he's a character, that's one way to describe him. He's a, he's a good laugh. And I tell you what, he was a right good player as well. He was a really good yeah. player. I'm surprised that he never kind of uh, stuck around at a higher level for a bit longer. He was uh, really good on the ball, good passer and, and stuff like that. So, um, no, he was, a, he was a great guy. Yeah, yeah, he's top man. Um, can you remember making your debut? Um Yep, I do actually. I it was. A, I had to think about that. Then. I was trying to think him up. I was thinking of my home debut there, but actually, I made my debut like the first uh, proper first team one. It was away to Airdrie. Mm-hmm. I think it was a first. It would have been a league cup, maybe. Yeah. To start with, and I don't think we were doing too well. Um, and I was on the bench, and at half time, I get brought on at half time. So. I think I just ran a bit like headless chicken, to be honest. So, <laughs> uh, but no, I remember it. I remember them being a. I thought, I'm obviously still tall and skinny anyway, but I remember at the time there was a bit in the paper. Obviously, my family were all buying the papers and that at first when I mm. first signed for for person. So, I remember there was a bit in the paper saying that uh, I'd done really well or whatever, but I looked like I, I had as much grace as a baby giraffe on ice. That was a good one. Uh, ma- magic and your home debut am I right in thinking was that did you score twice was it Berwick Rangers your, your home debut is, yeah. that, is that right yeah that was the one I was getting confused with there I scored I scored two goals I think I started that game uh, against Berwick Rangers that it must have been the following week or whatever you must have thought it was easy uh, after scored... scoring twice then you must have thought this, this... <laughs> <laughs> that, that was it I thought I was on the way to the Ballon d'Or after that <laughs> aye, so uh, aye that was, that was great you couldn't ask for a better start but then I think I only scored another one goal the rest of the season so um for the highs to the lows, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> did you find, obviously moving through the juniors to, to Thistle at that time, uh, senior football, did you notice much of a, a difference at all? Um, I think just in terms of training load and stuff like that Aye. is massive at first because, like I said, going for twice a week to to uh, um, training every single day is tough on like the tough on the legs and stuff, but I was just loving it, I think, um, just to be involved in a, in a first team and professionally again I had like a, I said I grew up sporting Celtic and I had Simon Donnelly there which I couldn't yeah. believe at the, at the time <laughs> as well so I was travel. I think I was actually travelling in a car at points we, uh, we, we said as well so wow. and again he went on to become my, my assistant manager as well but I have having guys like that at the start was was amazing so but, but I it, it was it was tough to start with I remember thinking geez I don't know if I'm cut out for this kind of thing after the first couple of months you kind of hit a wee lull when the Mm. Uh, the butterflies go away and stuff like that, but it's just getting used to it, I think. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Simon Donnelly, of course. Uh, Jackie McNamara came in and took over after Ian McCall. You must have been even more starstruck when when, when he took over. Aye, that's it. Exactly. It was just, just the same as as Sid really. Um, he joined in as a a player at first, Jackie, and then I think he hurt his knee halfway through the season or a few months into being there or whatever. And then when Ian McCall left, he got the job. So another guy, I kind of. That, that done great for me and another great guy that I've met over over football. Yeah, absolutely. What what was he like as a coach and how how did he sort of differ from from Ian McCall? Uh, Jackie was brilliant as well. He just kind of he liked you to express yourself, so he, he kind of wanted to play, um, just kind of let you play your own game. He wanted attacking football, and um, you seen it when he went to Dundee United as well. He, he had a good attacking team up there as well. So, um, I, Jackie was more. Um, 
kind of just almost let you, uh, obviously defensively and stuff, he would set you up and stuff, but and tell you how to play, but kind of in terms of uh, what you've done was kind of left to your own devices kind of thing. Yeah, of course, Chris Doolan was there as well, absolute legend at the club. What what was he like to, to play alongside as well, Chris? Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Probably the best I've, I've played alongside in my career. Just me and him had always had a kind of good a good kind of partnership and that's kind of off the pitch as well. We're really good friends, still keep in contact pretty much daily. So, um, no, he was brilliant to play alongside. One of the guys that you know of, um, you stick the ball in the box, he's going to score. And every, I think every good team needs that. Yeah, he's a goal-scoring machine. And the season, the, the, the 2012-13 uh, season, the season, obviously, of course, when you go up into, into, the, into the Premier League, is that a career highlight for you, that, that season? Everything just sort of clicked? Yeah. Yeah, I, by far, by far my best season. Um, personally, like in terms of kind of goal-scoring and performances and stuff, and then obviously team-wise as well to... It's a tough league. It always is a tough league. You see that even now we kind of we done United. I know they're running away with it this year, but um, how long it took them to get out, and even when Rangers were in there, they didn't get out first attempt and stuff as well. So uh, a tough, tough league. And that year, everything just clicked, like you said. We had a, again a great bunch of boys who are all still in contact now, and it was just one of these seasons that was was fantastic. And, uh, one of the ones you'll never forget. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, then you, Jackie goes to Dundee United and, and he signs yourself and, and Paul Payton. When he offered you the move, Chris, did you have to think about that one or was it a case that you felt you're maybe going up a level a bit? I, I had to think about it at, at the time just purely because I am a love for, for Thistle, really. I was obviously well well liked at Thistle uh, with the fans and um, it was tough to, league, uh, to leave, but I think just in terms of the kind of uh, the size of the club that Dundee United were at the time. Like I remember kind of being younger and just seeing uh, Dundee United in cup finals, semi-finals and cup yeah. finals and, and up at the top of the league. And I just thought it was a, a good step for me at the time um, to go there. And obviously it never worked out as as well as I would have hoped it did, but I still got to um, a couple of uh, Scottish Cup semi-finals, a League Cup semi-final, a, a League Cup final as well, which we never won. But Again, memories that uh, when I retire that um, I'll look back on fondly. Yeah, definitely. Just touching on that, that League Cup final, of course, when when you get beat uh, off Celtic, what was that like to, to play in and an occasion to play in, uh, walking out there at Handon? Again, I loved it. Like a lot of people, um, a lot. Of, I see, I see a lot of players coming out saying they don't like the the atmosphere at Hamden, and I, I guess that's probably the guys that get there all the all the time, the, the Celtic players and Rangers players and stuff like that who are there almost every single year but again in terms of me growing up you think if I can get to a cup final and play at hand then how good would that be and again we get beat but I loved it I loved the (laughs) the atmosphere and I know that sounds ridiculous and some boys throw away their medals and uh, I'm not keeping a second place medal on that but that's not for me I'll keep it like I said, it's things you look back on when you when you retire and kind of big moments in your career. And for me, that was obviously one of them. Yeah, definitely. And of course, when you were up at Dundee United, they had some uh, big names looking back now. The likes of Stuart Armstrong, Gary Mackay, Stephen, Andy yeah. Robertson was there as well. What were these yeah. guys like to, to train alongside and play alongside? Uh, good. Uh, really, really good. Obviously a great standard to play on. They've all went on to, to big things as well, which kind of speaks for itself. So, um, we Andy's obviously the kind of stick out one. He's obviously won the Champions League in that now. So that's mental, uh, incredible. I and that, 
you kind of, I don't know if you've kind of heard this story before, but I remember when me, me and Paul Payton that you mentioned went to Dundee United, we'd, we signed at the same time as, as we Andy, and he came, he came in and we never had another left back at the time. And we were over in Germany and he was doing really well, doing well in the games and stuff, but we, we had Graham Carey on trial as well and we thought, yeah. He's going to have to sign somebody else. Like he's not going to, <laughs> to fling a, a kind of. We're going to th- think of him. He's not going to fling a young lad into the kind of the Premier League right away for Queens Park. And then obviously the, as time went on, he never signed anybody else. And we had to get in the team. And then, like I said before, the rest is history. Kind of thing. I'm amazing what he's done and uh, incredible and fair play to him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine how his career's just sort of. Uh, been projected and, and went, went up year year on year. Could you imagine yeah. back then playing alongside him, what he could go on and achieve? I don't. I don't think anybody would have said that. I really <laughs> no. don't. Like, and then, like, I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's a fantastic player, and he had all the attributes back then. You could see it. The, the kind of pace he had, and um, his ability going forward and stuff. So he had the attributes to get there. But I think, like, I'm sure at times now he he'll be pinching himself, and I'm not saying he's, he's I'm sure he's worked so so hard to get there, and I know he has, uh, like every player has to do to, to get to these kind of levels, and it's amazing what he's done. But I think when you say that, like, would you ever have thought somebody would win the Champions League? Then probably, probably no, not. No chance. No. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan Gold was there as well, wasn't he? But, but yeah. Before he went to Sport in Lisbon, what what was he like in training uh-huh. and stuff like that? Was were you sort of sitting uh-huh. going, what, what, what's going on here? Aye, again, another one that made a big impression on me right away. I couldn't believe, he, I think he was only 16 when I went in the door. Yeah. And I just saw it incredible. And then he's he obviously played a lot of games that season that I went there and then moved on. And I couldn't get a game the first year I went. So I would have been 26 and he would have been 16 or something like that. So mm. I'm thinking I was in the shipyards at 16 or I was still at school <laughs> at 16. And this boy was bossing games in the Premier League. So... um Again, a fantastic talent, and I know he's kind of went off the radar a wee bit and still over in Portugal, I think. But yeah, again, an- another incredible talent, and I'm sure, um, I'm sure, his, I'm sure his career's going well for for what he wants it to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned that you you struggled to get in the team. Was that was that a frustration, yours, Chris? That you could, you couldn't make more of a mark there? I definitely. That's the the one thing in my career. Obviously, is is not not doing as well up there. I mean, I. I the first year I went back on loan to Thistle, I had a, I had a terrible start up at United. That's what the problem was. I had um, I, I played my first game. My first start was at home. It was the second game of the season, and I had a nightmare. Like I held my hands up. I had an absolute nightmare, and I think the the fans never took a liking to me after that, which is was fair enough. I don't think I got a fair crack at the whip. And then I went out and loan to Thistle. Uh, did okay, and then went back in the this the summer. And then I had a really good season in my second year. I ended up winning the player of the year um, up there that was a season that yeah. Mackay, Stephen and Armstrong and stuff moved on so I'd done well that season and then the third season I had an injury where I couldn't shake it and then when it got to I ended up getting an operation and then when it came to um, January I signed a pre-contract to go back to Thistle and Jackie left uh, and then we ended up getting relegated that season as well so um, obviously a massive regret I mean for, for a club like that to, to go down and be a, be a part of it as a uh, wasn't he great, obviously? Yeah, and I remember covering some some games at, at Tannadice during that season for the radio and what have you. And the atmosphere was it was a bit toxic at, at times. And big mixer comes in as well, and it certainly sort of conveyed onto the park. Was it tough to play that season in terms of uh, going on the park and feeling the pressure from from the stands and things not coming off? I, I get again. It's probably just for personal experience. I never played a lot because of my injury and stuff. So 
But I, I know that was the kind of way it was, and I know uh, Mixu came in and, and wanted to do his own thing as well, and he wanted us to kind of pass out for the back and stuff. And I think the position we were in at the time, a lot of the boys were a bit nervous and a bit under pressure, and it, it just it just never worked. And then we got a kind of wee a wee bit of a turnaround where we won a couple of games in a row, and then it just obviously uh, it wasn't enough in the end up, and uh, we went down. Yeah, and then when Thistle offered you that that move back, was that that one you just went, oh, brilliant! I can get back down the road and back to a club that uh, that you feel loved and, and and you enjoy playing your football. Yeah, that that, that was it basically. Like, I've heard a lot of people saying it over the years, and sometimes a player just clicks with a club or a club fits a player properly, and I think that's just the way it was for me. At Thistle, I, I I couldn't explain why. I don't, I don't know, but that's just the way it was. So. Uh, when I was at United, I was travelling up and down as well. As I said, I stay in East Kilbride. So, me and Paul Payton, uh, guys like John Rankin, uh, Brian Graham was there at the time, and Mark Dunlan, guys like that, we were all travelling up and down, meeting at Cumbernauld every day and travelling up to um, St Andrews. So, it's taking me two hours from my house up and two hours back. And that was almost every day, and it was just wow. taking its toll on me. And I think that's how I ended up um, getting injured and stuff like that as well. So, I think when Thistle came around, and obviously I had the love for the club there anyway, and then the chance to come back home and be in my own, uh, my own house. I, don't get me wrong, I was staying up there some nights, and we, at one point we had a wee flat we were staying in, and other nights we were staying up in hotels and stuff, but it's not the same as being home every night and and being half an hour for, uh, for the training ground or whatever, so it was a bit of a no-brainer for me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Before we go back, back to Thistle, you, you didn't play in the game where uh, Gavin Gunning picked the ball up, did you? When was it no, against Inverness? Was, <laughs> no, I d- that was that was the time where I'd signed the pre-contract, so I was in the stand. I was fitting that then, but yeah. I just wasn't playing, so I was in the stand that game. I remember watching it. I was mental. <laughs> Gav, was, Gav was funny as well. He was such a funny character as well, so... He was a madman. I can't um, believe he's done it. <laughs> that was crazy stuff. Um, so, but back at back at Thistle then, and uh, I mean, Alan Archibald, of course, was now your manager. Was it strange, sort of, because obviously you'd known him as a player, but now he's as your sort of mm. gaffer, if you like. Was that was that a bit strange to get used to? Um, not not so much because we'd had him uh, towards the end of the the season where we got promoted. So Jackie had left in January to go to Dundee United and yeah, right Archie had took the job over in the in the January. So it was a wee bit strange then. I'll say that. Like I think I always is if you're going for for being almost like a mate with, with your manager and um and then having to call him gaffer or whatever. So it was strange at that at the time. But um he never really changed much. Obviously he had the, the authority but he was still he's still a good people person, Archie's a I, I, like I said, another great guy in football that I've came across. There's not many bad people I've came across right enough, but yeah. um, I, a great guy. I've still got a lot of time for him, and um, another one I, I, I keep in contact with. Yeah, definitely. Um, the the seventeen eighteen season for for you, Chris, it was a bit a bittersweet if you like player of the season, but it was a, it was a tough season for the club that one. Is it when we get relegated? Yeah. Aye, so <laughs> I never really got. I, I'm not. I still don't. Say that I got Premier uh, the uh, Player of the Year for that one. So that all that all came about just because I I put a tweet up saying that I was embarrassed to be nominated for it. Really, so um, that was a terrible season. We had we should never have had a Player of the Year uh, awards that mm. that year. Obviously, we did. It was a dreadful season, and we got relegated. Nobody deserved to win it. And I put up a post on Twitter just saying saying that basically, and then I get loads of votes for it for that reason. So I didn't actually win it. But yeah. in terms of the club, of we're obviously have. That for the for the whole kind of right across the club for the academy and stuff. So they still had to have the awards, but 
I just felt like we shouldn't have had a first team um, award. But uh, yeah, the it was a terrible season, a terrible season, and obviously with a, with a club close to my heart, it was it was uh, it was heartbreaking to see them yeah, go down. Can you sort of put your finger on how how it was that that bad and how how much how much you struggled that year? No, I, I really can't, and I, I I wish I could. I wish I could tell you what the reason was, and we could have sorted it out. But I think the it was a strange one because we'd got top six a year before and we'd kept the majority of the same squad together. So I don't think anybody could work out how it happened because we'd done so well the year before. And then obviously we'd added a few bodies as well, which would strengthen you. So um, it was a strange one. I think the whole season we were looking at the fixture saying, oh, we'll be all right next week. We'll, we'll, we'll beat them, we'll beat them. We'll... And it just never happened. We kept losing games. And then before you know it, you're in a position where you've only got a few games left and you're fighting for your life. And then you get to the the playoff and anything can happen in the playoff and unfortunately uh, we were the ones to lose out yeah, yeah absolutely and of course you, you left and you joined your, your current club Livingston in January 2019 and you're playing with Livingston at the moment obviously you've been you've been injured for a wee bit as well yeah. Chris but, but how have you found your time there I, I've been really enjoying it it's a, it really is a great club like uh, the you're well looked after there's a really good bunch of people similar to Thistle, like a kind of smaller feel to the feel to the club. Whereas United is, is obviously a big club with a lot of people in it. So um, Livingston's similar to Thistle, where it's you kind of know everybody that's in about the stadium and stuff and the, the offices and stuff. So um, yeah, I, I, I've been really enjoying it. The uh, team's done really, really well since since I've been there. I've personally not had a great time yet. Again, I get I kind of picked up an injury a couple of months after I got there. I think it was April. Yeah, or something when I went in January and a problem in my groin. I've, I've basically had it ever since, and I managed to get an operation. Um, I think it was about seven or eight weeks ago now, so I'm still recovering for that, but I'm getting there. So it's terrible having the, the this kind of break with the coronavirus and stuff, but it's actually helping me because I might get back <laughs> for a few games before the end of the season. And obviously, I'm out of contract at the end of the season, so I would like to get try and do enough to uh, try and win another one. So. Um, but yeah, the, the club's great and I've been really enjoying it so, so far. Yeah, in terms, of course, of the, the plastic pitch there, how, how have you found that? Have you sort of had to adjust to that and that sort of stuff? I, I honestly actually don't mind it. The, I know I've, you probably think, oh, he has to say that. Honestly, if I didn't like it, I would just say, like, uh, I don't really mind, but I, I genuinely uh, don't mind it. It's, it's the best one I've been on by far. There's, I remember like a couple of years ago, Kelly had one and it was terrible. Like it was, it felt really hard. But the the one we've got is is pretty good, I think. And it, I'm not saying it's no a uh, a benefit training on it every day. It probably is, and it's a wee uh, a benefit for us for that in terms of when teams come to play us. But I think there's enough of them about now that um, every team knows what they're what they're getting when they come to us. And I think it's more our style of play that that makes it hard to play against rather than um, the pitch. Yeah, definitely. They certainly held their own Livingston since since coming up. Gary Holt, of course, is in charge there. What was it like to play under play under Gary? Yeah, it's, it's good. Like I said, I've I've really enjoyed it. It's it's all the staff. It's kind of like a a collective thing. You've got uh, Davy Martindale who's there and uh, the, the kind of physios and that. It's all it's all a kind of close group as well. So uh, they're good on the pitch. They, they they obviously know what they're doing. They get results and uh, we've got good players as well. Like we've had a wee bit of a kind of hard time. Team saying we're a long ball team and that, but yeah. if you watch a lot of our games, once we do do that and get the ball forward quickly, but once it's up there, we've got really good players that can go and hurt you, and I think that's kind of been the success of the team. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, the, of course, you've got your, your personal training business alongside that as well. But is that something you always fancied getting into, Chris, that you, you, you always wanted to do? Uh, no, always, no. If you'd, I think if, you'd, if anybody that knows me and played with me maybe five or six years ago, they would have laughed if you, they'd said that I was going to be in the gym teaching people. So uh, it's just as, as things have went on, like obviously it's became more of a thing in, in football as well, it's kind of strength and conditioning. And do you know what? It comes with just being a bit older and looking after yourself. Like when I was younger and I signed for this, so I never used to go to the gym, whereas now I feel like I need to keep myself, I want to further my career as much as possible. I, and I'm, apart from this injury, I've got probably in the better shape than I've ever been in so um, I think it was more that and then uh, again just looking to kind of what you're going to do after football would like uh, for 99% of the players up here unfortunately we're not earning anywhere near enough money to just retire like they are yeah. in England so um, we all need jobs after and uh, as much as I enjoyed the shipyards it was really hard graft <laughs> so yeah, can I, imagine. I don't fancy going back to that so <laughs> uh, I, I, I kind of learned to be a PT about 18 months ago now and just been doing wee sessions here and there after after training and now I'm involved with a kind of big company and East Bride as well so and things are going pretty well so I'm enjoying it ah, Good stuff did the club not get you to uh, give programmes to any of the players or whatever have they got their, their, own, their own fitness coaches to do that? Hi, <laughs> we've got uh, we've got a strength and conditioning coach at the club called Cole Ritchie. So he's handed uh, he's handed stuff out for the for the boys um, over this kind of break and stuff of what they need to do. They're all putting in uh, runs and stuff into a group chat to make sure everyone's keeping the top of their fitness while we're off. So. Ah, good stuff. And for yourself, for the, the personal training, obviously with the, with the virus at, at the moment, are you, uh, how how are you managing to to get to, to train clients? Are you managing to to get to do that? Aye, so we, we actually, uh, the gym closed last week, just like everybody else's kind of business, yep. so um, we actually get things together pretty quickly and we've started an online thing, um, so what we're doing is basically, there's, there's eight personal trainers in the gym, so we're all in it together and we're posting um, workouts twice daily online, um, so the clients can pay into that, there's a, a kind of monthly fee, so we started it off for a month just to start with, to see how things go over the um, with this coronavirus so um, there's like things like we put two two live workouts a day that the coaches are doing and people can join in at the time or they can watch it back and join in and they're getting uh, kind of nutritional essential guides uh, meal plans and stuff like that to keep on top of your, your nutrition and stuff while, we are, uh, while you're stuck in a house so it's, it's going pretty well so far as I said we've only been doing it this is only the second day actually of it wow. um, uh, but yesterday was a, a kind of big success everybody loved it and we've got We've got like a couple of hundred people signed up to it already, so it's going really well. Superb. And if, if anyone wants to wants to sign up and find how to contact you with regards to that, Chris, yep. how how do they go about doing so? Uh, I'm on um, Instagram and Facebook. It's just at Chris Erskine PT. So if you just contact me on that. Top man. Excellent stuff. Well, Chris, that'll do us there. Thank you very much for, for joining us on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks very much. Well, that was episode 38 of the Talking Football Podcast with Chris Erskine. Thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, remember, if you've missed any so far, you can catch them all on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and at DerekClarkSports.co.uk. We're also on Twitter at Talking underscore football, and we're on Facebook as well. I hope you can join me again next week when I chat to leading sports psychologist Dan Abrahams. But until then, bye for now. Bye for now.